0: his worst. Triple H is still better than Vince McMahon. Tonight might have been the worst effort so far for Triple H in the new era of WWE. Monday Night Raw was not all that good tonight. Pittsburgh. I don't know where you thought you were, but clearly you thought you were at a fucking funeral. I don't think they realized that they were at a fucking wrestling show. Not all was bad, though. Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, finally meet face-to-face. In regards to all of this bloodline nonsense. I'm loving everything that's going on with Sami Zayn, Jimmy and Jey Uso and the story that it is presenting. Then we got the women's tag team title situation. We got new champions crowned tonight. Were they the right choice? I don't know, but I got visions in my head with all five of those women standing in the ring in unison tonight. There are only two women missing that may end up completing this puzzle that I'm coming up with for Survivor Series. We're going to talk about it, ladies and gentlemen. And we're going to the OTS venue Where the beverages are cold The bartenders are hot And the wrestling talk Number one What the fuck Are you guys drinking I'll see you over there What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post show for August 29th, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS Beer Garden. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday evenings, wherever you may be. Let's not beat around the bush, ladies and gentlemen. This was the worst Monday Night Raw so far in the Triple H administration or in the Triple H era. Now, I know when you hear someone like me say that, that's so honest and open with you guys when it comes to the one thing that we love professional wrestling. I don't like to hold my feelings back, I don't like to bullshit people. That doesn't mean it's a bad show. That doesn't mean all was doom and gloom tonight. I just did not like the ambiance of the show. I did not like the environment in which they were in tonight. I did not like that women's tag team title match. I did not like the outcome of the women's tag team title match. Though it does give me some hope about where we may be going with this. And I'm still very excited about Clash at the Castle. Tonight's show did not really do anything to add on top of my excitement for Clash at the Castle. I was already pretty excited about Clash at the Castle. But it's a go-home show. We're at the tail end of this thing. Triple H has done a tremendous job getting us here. And he's not going to be perfect, man. He's not. Nobody's perfect. Vince certainly wasn't perfect. Tony Khan is showing you that he himself is not perfect. And Triple H is not perfect. There are going to be weeks where it's great. Raw's going to be great. Dynamite's going to be great. SmackDown's going to be great. And then there will be weeks where all three of them will not be good. Or Raw will be good. Dynamite will suck. SmackDown will suck. And any which combination of the three... It's never going to be a perfect week of professional wrestling. So before anybody twists my words around, it wasn't a bad show. It just didn't do anything for me as far as excitement goes. And that's okay. Or maybe I'm just burnt out from the weekend. I don't know. One or the other. It doesn't matter. I didn't like tonight's show. But like I said, it wasn't all doom and gloom. There were two things on this show that I absolutely loved. They were downright fantastic. Number one is the entire Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle storyline going into Clash of the Castle. We did not get this match happening at SummerSlam because Triple H thought to himself, hey, instead of doing it here, and there's really not enough heat between these two, I'm going to wait. To do it at Clash. We're gonna build up this thing for the next four weeks to get it where I want it. It's gonna be ready to be pulled out of the oven, and we're gonna do it in Cardiff. And that's exactly what he did, and it worked beautifully for Triple H. His plan has worked masterfully. Matt Riddle, Matt Riddle. Yes, he is now once again Matt Riddle, no 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 longer Riddle. That edict is long gone. Austin Theory's back. People are getting their first names back. Tommaso Ciampa may be next. He's going to slow roll it out. So Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins, they had a sit-down tonight with Corey Graves. And the intensity, man, the intensity between both of them, the character change, the stark character change of Matt Riddle tonight compared to what he was and how he was portrayed in the Vince McMahon era is the Matt Riddle that I've always wanted to see break out on the main roster. And it's not all fun and games with Matt Riddle. It's not, and it doesn't need to be. Every single time he was out there, when Vince and Bruce were running the show, two or three times in a single week, they'd let you know how he loves to get high and how he loves to smoke a blunt and puff the magic dragon or whatever a fucking analogy you want to use. It sucks and it's lame. I get it. We know. He loves to smoke. Great. We don't need to know it every single week.
1: There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. made him a little bit more intense. He's always going
0: to have that personality. But when it's time to fight, Matt Riddle is one of the most legit guys you have on that roster. So now it's time to fight. And that's exactly what we're getting here in this feud with Seth Rollins. And if you guys didn't understand when I told you already countless times, if you don't notice the change in Monday Night Raw, all you need to do is look at that extra segment that that sit down gave us After Corey Graves left and they thought the cameras were stopped rolling, all you need to do is look at the F-bombs that they bleeped out from Matt Riddle to know that Vince McMahon is not running the show and that this is a very different vision of Monday Night Raw, a Triple H vision. I loved everything about that segment. Everything. And I'm looking forward to that match along with Gunther and Sheamus at Clash of the Castle most Because those are the two matches, to me, that really fit what I love about professional wrestling. The other great thing that we got tonight was Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Finally, in the same building, on the same show, to come face-to-face because of all the bloodline nonsense. Sami Zayn, Jimmy, and Jey Uso, the undisputed. WWE Tag Team Champions, they're on Monday Night Raw to pretty much hype up Roman and Drew McIntyre. So that's what they did. So Kevin Owens comes on out. He sees Sami Zayn there. He sees them, all three of them standing together. And we finally get Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn to hash things out, to talk it out. What are you doing, bro? What are you doing with these guys? When are you going to realize that they don't appreciate you? You're one of the best pro wrestlers in the world of all time. You may have a silly haircut, but this is not the Sami Zayn that I know. And we got this storyline, and it's going to be a beautiful thing when all of this comes to a head. Finally. Finally, we're getting what I think should be the end of the Usos title reign with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn winning the tag team championships. More importantly, we have already seen what Triple H has done with Kevin Owens. We all know that Triple H loves Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens has slowly found himself on Monday Night Raw. Slowly. We got fight Owens, fight. We got the prize fighter, Kevin Owens. We got the no bullshit, no absolutely fucking frills, balls to the wall, Kevin Owens. We got bare bones, Kevin Owens. This is the Kevin Owens that you and I fell in love with coming up from NXT. This is not fucking KO show, Kevin Owens, joking around and wearing ties and bow ties out there, interviewing others when people should realistically be interviewing him. This is the Kevin Owens that we've wanted. Triple H has told the story over the last five or six weeks slowly about how Kevin Owens is slowly finding himself. Now it's Kevin Owens' turn to get it out of Sammy and convince Sammy who he is, and he's going to help Sammy find out who Sammy Zayn really is. That's the most important part of this storyline to me. That's the part that I'm looking forward to. Not them winning the tag team titles, not even the actual match. I know those things are going to be fantastic just based on the greatness of all four guys. But the most important aspect to me in everything is storytelling and telling that story correctly. They have absolutely hit a home run with everything that they've done. I didn't get it at first. I thought this was just some bullshit that Kevin Owens, or rather Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon put together that did not ever possibly even... Sniff a Kevin Owens appearance. I didn't think they were going to go and do that. Sami Zayn in the bloodline. I thought this was just something that they just randomly threw together. And there was going to be no conclusion to it. Here we have Triple H taking prize fighter Kevin Owens. And bringing Sami Zayn out. And giving Sami Zayn the right treatment as well. I love it. I absolutely love it. This is going to be fantastic. We're going to go over... What Triple H did here, as far as the storytelling is concerned, to really get us to that next level. And I can't wait to see what happens. Other than that, there really wasn't much on Monday Night Raw tonight. There wasn't. The women's tag team title tournament was a complete failure. I don't think the winners tonight, Raquel Gonzalez, Rodriguez, whatever the fuck her name is, Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah, I don't think they were the right winners. But I'm going to reserve judgment for a little bit, because the visual of Raquel Aliyah, Alexa, Oscar, and Bianca Belair five in the ring tonight, and Bailey, EO, and Dakota three standing on the outside, wondering what the fuck happened. There's two spots open there. Now, do they join the group or are they just going to be rogue? This is where I think it leaves a wide open story for Sasha Banks and Naomi to come on in, even this thing out five on five, and come Survivor Series, we're going to have an internal Monday Night Raw women's warfare. War games. I may have been the only fucking content creator in this community weeks ago to mention that this may be where we're heading. And if I am right, Jesus fucking Christ, man, they better fucking pay me. I accept PayPal. If you're not going to bring me to Stanford, Connecticut, I accept PayPal. Or you could just write me a check. I'll send you my home address. That's where I think they're going with us. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. But outside that, there really wasn't much going on as far as this go-home show for Clash of the Castle on Monday Night Raw. We got a lot to talk about, guys, and we're going to have a lot to talk about this week. Man, it's going to be a very busy week. I am, uh, if I seem a little off tonight, man, I am completely drained. I have been on top of my game pretty much all month, but this past week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then we were live on Fight TV last night, Sunday, and now Monday again. Eight straight days. Eight straight days of streaming. I'm beat. I just want to sit in my fucking office and play some Destiny 2, man. That's all I want to do. That and sleep and be bothered by nobody. But I can't do that. I got a job to do and an obligation to you guys. But I appreciate you guys hanging in with me. Last night we were live on Fight TV, man. I enjoyed what I do very much with Solid Monster and my boy, Dr. Hillary P. Wisdom on commentary. Three-man booth for House of Glory. I thought we did great last night. The in-ring work was as good as ever. I thought everybody on the show from top to bottom absolutely killed it. But if you want me to be honest with you guys, if you watch the show and you guys tuned in, which I'm very grateful for, I know exactly what you were thinking Because I was thinking the same exact thing And so was Jason All I will say is Politics and pro wrestling, man I fucking hate it I absolutely hate it DQ should only be done When absolutely necessary And I do agree with the Sentiment of the live audience Way too many DQs last night Way too many So we will fix that. We will fix that going into the next show, September 24th. But we appreciate everybody that joined us on Fight and came to Terminal 5 last night. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. All your social media is linked down below. Go and follow me on social media. Hit that thumbs up. I need one... 1000 likes and that is the minimum. So make sure you guys go and hit that thumbs up. Helps me out, helps the channel out. I appreciate you. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We're going to hang out with our cold beverages at the end of the show and we will go over whatever you guys want to talk about. Memberships for the next 2 days are still 50% off. Get them on in. If you guys want to be a VIP member here, channel member on off the script. Get them on in, man. Half off, 50% off. Hit that join button down below. Go check out all the other content on the channel. And tonight's show, off the script all week, is sponsored by DraftKings. You guys have an opportunity to win your share of a $10,000 prize. If you guess correctly what's going to happen at Clash at the Castle... DraftKings.com, code JD from NY. You guys can enter and play for free. So thank you to DraftKings as always for sponsoring off the script all week long, especially tonight on the Monday Night Raw post show right here on OTS. Let's start at the top, man. By the way, just a uh, programming note. There will be an OTS Extra Around 11 a.m., 12 noon tomorrow, uh, there was news that WWE is definitely actively seeking Braun Strowman and possibly Jonah, a.k.a. Bronson Reed, to come back to the company. So I will give you my thoughts on that, as well as FTR being removed from the AEW Fight Forever video game. I felt like I needed to chime in on this to set the record straight. I will let you guys know what I think tomorrow on OTS Extra so you guys will get that bright and early on Tuesday afternoon. Yes, no brawn. No brawn. I hope to God not. Anyway, Monday Night Raw. We started Monday Night Raw. By the way, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, you all suck, okay? Pittsburgh sucks. I know some people from Pittsburgh. I know some very good people from Pittsburgh. My boy Brian Ghoulish. My boy Juicy, Right? And Justin Labar, all my CSR crew, love those guys. They're all from Pittsburgh, but uh, I know they were active in the crowd, but the majority of this crowd tonight, man, this shit sucked. I don't even think they realized they were at a pro wrestling show. They might have forgotten where they were. Dead most of the night, except for Edge, Kurt Angle, and a couple of other things that happened on the show tonight. It's pretty much it. This crowd was a non-factor, but I will say this, man. I enjoy a genuine, organic crowd, and I'm glad they don't pump this shit in with the fake crowd noise, because that's obvious. That's, the crowd is not really reacting, but all of a sudden, I hear a fucking stadium of 10,000 people going crazy, and it doesn't really line up. So I will take these types of crowds 10 days out of 10, but, I mean, you got to make more noise than that. And like I said on day one, man, like I said on, on week number one with Triple H, you know, a lot of these people, that they're, they're really not really, they're, they're not in the know. They don't know what Triple H is doing. This is new to them. I don't know what they were expecting. I don't know why they think Vince McMahon and, you know, Monday Night Raw was the way that it has to be. It's going to take a little bit to really break these people of that trance of what we got during the Vince McMahon-Bruce Pritchard era. We're getting more wrestling now. We're getting more story on Monday Night Raw. You're just going to have to get hip and get with the program. You'll get there. Some of us are already at an advanced learning rate. But you'll get there. You may get left back, but you'll get there eventually. And you'll realize that when you get there with us, That it's absolutely glorious and better than what it was. Dolph Ziggler and AJ Styles, they're a tag team here, tonight anyway, and have been kind of friendly with each other. They went two-on-two tonight against Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Now, Dolph has been teaming with AJ for a little bit. And AJ has had obvious feuds with Finn Balor and Damian Priest. This is nothing new here. Uh, AJ and Finn absolutely were uh, going at it with Judgment Day before Finn Balor turned on AJ and joined the Judgment Day. So, two-on-two match here. Nothing yet before this match was made tonight was announced for Judgment Day or AJ or Dolph for Clash of the Castle. That changed as we went on through the evening. Styles hit Priest with a diving forearm on the outside. We got a commercial break relatively quickly, as soon as we start the show. Balor was in control. He was working over Ziggler. And Balor wanted to try for a Styles Clash. It looked like it might have been a power bomb. It might have been a Styles Clash. We'll never know, because Ziggler countered whatever Finn Balor was doing into a Famouser. Then there was this weird spot with Damian Priest. He ducked a forearm and Styles held up so that he wouldn't hit Balor, who was on the apron. I don't know what was going on there. It might have been some miscommunication. Instead of stopping for Balor, it might have been that he, I guess, got confused and Rhea Ripley was supposed to be up there. Why would Styles stop for Balor? He would only stop short if he was running full steam ahead at a female because that's the right thing to do. So we don't know. There was a little, little bit of a, a miscommunication there. Priest shoved Styles, who bumped into Balor anyway, and tried a roll up, only got a two count. Styles then follows up with a calf crusher. Balor helped Priest get to the ropes to break the calf crusher. Ziggler had Priest pinned with a roll up. Referee was distracted by Styles for no reason whatsoever. And Ziggler fought off Balor with a superkick. All of a sudden, turns around. Priest grabs him by the throat, delivers an absolutely devastating choke slam that he calls South from Heaven. That gets the one, two, three, and Judgment Day is victorious here over AJ Styles and Dolph Ziggler. After the match, they threw it to the back, showed it up on the Tron. Edge speeds into the building in a big Jeep SUV, and he gets out, and he walks out to the arena with a microphone. Judgment Day's watching this. They were about to walk up the ramp and go to the back after they had taken care of AJ Styles and Dolph Ziggler, but they were going to stand their ground, and they took microphones, and they got in the ring, and they were going to wait for Edge to come on out, and they wanted to address Edge face-to-face, and I thought this was great. I, don't, I thought all of this was great between all four of these guys. So Ripley is in there, and she's really acting like the leader of Judgment Day. If you guys want to ask me who I think the leader of Judgment Day is, it's absolutely Rhea Ripley. And I have no problem with that. I think she's a great fucking leader. I do. And she's playing the role great. This is the best Rhea Ripley has looked on the main roster. I don't know what had happened and what changed, but I am going to associate this with the handcuffs being off. I honestly felt like they were so fucking tight around her wrists and her ankles and it wasn't doing her any good. Now that the handcuffs are off and she's able to be herself and really kind of envelope herself into this gimmick and into this judgment day group. Now she's doing what she needs to do. Now she's kind of taking it upon herself to project Rhea Ripley to us. She looks great. She sounds great. I think everything regarding Rhea Ripley has been the best it's ever looked so far on the main roster. And that is me being honest because I've been so critical of Rhea Ripley in months prior. Promobility not being there. Very nervous standing next to Balor and Priest. Not really believing in the role. She has now settled into this role and she has become a believable act and a part of Judgment Day. And now I can't really unsee her In Judgment Day, she fits the group so perfectly. And this is the Rhea Ripley that I think we've all wanted for a very long time. So many downs compared to ups. This is the first major up for Rhea Ripley on the main roster. Rhea Ripley called for Edge to come to the ring so she can slap what's left out of his manhood. Balor yelling so much that he had this huge vein popping out of his neck. He was complaining about Edge and Rey Mysterio getting documentaries on a and He says, what about his A&E special? Priest told Balor, take it easy, take it easy. Then he took the microphone and said, Balor is not telling any lies here. Priest is also really living this role and really enveloping himself into the group. He sounds fucking great, too. I don't think he's looked any better than he does now on the main roster. He's even coming into his own, man. Balor as well. Balor's always been great. But Priest and Rhea Ripley, man, so many opportunities that they had, they were were miscast. And now both of them are owning it. Balor finally kind of letting that gimmick fly free as well. He has no handcuffs. Why would he? Why would he in a Triple H era? There's one guy on this roster that Triple H is going to trust to go out there and do what he's got to do. It's Finn Balor. Finn Balor was the face of NXT for how many fucking years? Triple H knows exactly what Finn Balor is capable of and what he can do. He knows how to work Finn Balor. Go out there and do it. I don't need to babysit you. This is why Triple H being in charge is such a beautiful fucking thing. So he told Balor to take it easy. Priest said Beth is the only one who wears the pants in this family, but she's not even there with Edge. He said they're not in Toronto and he doesn't have his friends So let him finish him now and give him his judgment day. So Edge comes on out and crowd finally woke up from their deep slumber. One of the very few times that this crowd actually came alive. So Edge is out there with the microphone. He told them they made some valid points, but also some ridiculous points. Edge says he didn't come back to steal their glory because he already had his glory. He said their ego was too big and got in the way of seeing things clearly. He says he's not in his hometown, and he doesn't have Beth Phoenix here with him. He told Priest, though, that he and his wife both wear the pants in the family, because let's be real, it's 2022 and not caveman times. He then told Damian Priest he will be single for the rest of his life. I think Damian Priest can get any woman he wants, but that's just me. I don't know. Edge took digs at their style and mocked Priest's voice. He says he didn't come here alone. He stood on the ring apron, and all of a sudden, Dominic and Rey Mysterio attack on the other side of the ring, attack Judgment Day with Kendo Sticks. Edge joined in. He brawled with Damian Priest. Dominic and Rhea Ripley were the two left standing in the ring. So, Balor was fighting with Rey. We got Priest fighting with Edge. And we got Dominic in the middle of the ring with Rhea Ripley, which is everybody's favorite thing coming out of this group. What is Rhea Ripley going to do to torment Dominic Mysterio this week? She didn't really do much of anything. But what she did is stop him from attacking her with the kendo stick. It was almost as if Dominic was in a trance. It's almost as if Rhea Ripley looked at him with those pretty eyes and all of a sudden, he melted into a puddle of jello. He stood there. She calmed him down, spoke softly to him as if she was almost like a, a ghost whisperer or a horse whisperer or, or, or one of those fucking, you know, just soothing uh, therapists that you just listen to and they fucking put you in a trance, right? That's exactly what Rhea Ripley did here. All of a sudden, he stops. And she's inching closer and closer and closer. She puts her hand out and she grabs the kendo stick and slowly takes the kendo stick away from Dominic Mysterio. Edge and Rey Mysterio see this happening. They're standing at the top of the ramp. They run into the ring because they see Rhea Ripley manipulating this young kid. Slowly, they get in there and they stop whatever was going to happen next. Rhea Ripley standing there in the ring with the kendo stick, three-on-one, ready to fight all three guys. Damian Priest and Finn Balor pull her out of the ring. I don't know what you guys think, but I think Dominic Mysterio is turning on the fucking Team of Edge and Rey Mysterio at Clash of the Castle, and he's joining Judgment Day, and he's going to be Rhea Ripley's little pet bitch. That's what I think is going to happen. Looked like Dominic Mysterio wanted some of that brutality. If you know what I'm saying, I don't know, man, or maybe not, maybe not. But I will say this, man, Dominic has been a charisma vacuum. Dominic has been one of my least favorite things about Monday Night Raw and the entire Dominic Mysterio, Rey Mysterio act. But it seems like to me, slowly but surely, we are finally starting to see something there with Dominic. And the relationship with Rhea Ripley may be what takes him to that next step. And to me, that's a win. Now, I wasn't really all that excited to see Dominic join the Judgment Day, but people are loving this fucking dynamic between Dominic Mysterio and Rhea Ripley. And if that happens, I think it's going to be mega over. I really do. And I do see Dominic joining Judgment Day at the pay-per-view. And we can end this once and for all. I don't know where they go from there, but I do think it will be the end of it for now. So the match is made. Edge and Rey Mysterio will team up against Finn Balor and Damian Priest at Judgment Day. Dominic obviously will be in their corner, and Rhea Ripley will be in Judgment Day's corner. No mixed tag team match. Beth Phoenix may be in Cardiff. I don't know. I thought we were going to get a mixed tag team match or a mixed Six-person tag team match. It doesn't look like we're getting that, at least for right now. But we're getting this match at Clash of the Castle, and I think it's going to be great. I don't know how we're going to get to a conclusion here, but I do think that Dominic is going to join Judgment Day on Saturday afternoon. Kevin Patrick. He approached The Miz, who was walking into the building with Champa. He asked about Dexter Loomis and Loomis abducting him last week. Champa said Miz isn't in the mood to talk. Patrick was very persistent here. He said everybody is surprised to see him after what happened with Dexter Loomis last week. Miz says he wouldn't talk about Dexter Loomis and what happened with him. He said Loomis isn't even a WWE superstar. So Kevin Patrick mentioned Loomis was arrested Tuesday night, on Tuesday, last Tuesday, on NXT. Miz got more angry And he said he didn't want to talk about it. So whatever had happened, whatever Dexter Loomis did to the Miz, he doesn't want it being public knowledge. What did Dexter Loomis do to the Miz? I don't know. That's the whole fucking thing now. Why isn't Miz speaking? Why doesn't Miz want to talk about it? So he just left it at that. I don't want to talk about Dexter Loomis. Alexa Bliss, Bianca Belair, and Asuka, they had a squash match tonight to get themselves prepped for Clash of the Castle. Don't know why the Monday Night Raw Women's Champion needs to be prepped before pay-per-view, but here we are. They went up against three local enhancement talents, Danny Moe, Kayla Sparks, and Katie Hart, all three of which have appeared on AEW television at some point in the last few months. So this went to about three minutes, as you would expect, with Asuka eventually getting a tap-out victory on one of them. I don't remember who. Not, that's in, not that it is important. But with the Oscar lock, she tapped one of them out, and that was pretty much it. Belair, Bliss, and Asuka did a post-match promo, and they talked about taking control. You know, they talked about Bailey and Io and Dakota being damage control for the Monday Night Raw Women's Division. Bianca talked about taking control back at Clash at the Castle. So, like I said, I'm still with what I said. I'm still standing tall with what I said. I do agree with what Triple H is doing here. We don't need the Monday Night Raw Women's Championship being defended. And I love the fact that Triple H went with this because... Coming out of SummerSlam and Bianca wrestling Becky, beating Becky, and then having the stare down with E.O., Bailey and Dakota, it doesn't really make much sense to crown a number one contender with one of them more, more than likely being, you know any one of those three women, and have it be a match built up in four weeks, which is not enough time for Bianca to defend that championship. You want to make Bailey look strong. You want to make E.O. look strong. You want to make Dakota look strong. I don't think putting them in a championship match with little to no build coming out of SummerSlam against Bianca is going to really do any of them that much benefit. So I'm glad that we're getting a six-woman tag team match. That's the right way to go. It's not in the rule book where it says the Monday Night Raw Women's Championship needs to be defended on every fucking pay-per-view. I like that we get a little bit of the formulaic bullshit broken up with a nice six-man tag or a tag team match, a mega tag team match, or something along those lines. I like that. The title doesn't need to be defended every fucking pay-per-view. It doesn't. As long as the champion is wrestling and we get proper story and build for the next championship match, I don't see what the big fucking problem is. But I will say this. You know, we want to talk about Montez Ford or Angelo Dawkins going heel, They've kind of moved away from that breakup. We haven't really seen much of that. But if I'm being honest with you, I think this Bianca babyface run, this Bianca Belair babyface character has run its course. I do. I I don't know what it is, but it's not resonating with me anymore. I feel like Bianca is forcing herself into this gimmick. It's not believable. She doesn't sound legit. It sounds very childish and very cringe. It doesn't really give me a sense that she's the champion. I don't get that sense at all with Bianca Belair. I do think that we have been void of the real Bianca Belair. The real Bianca Belair is the Bianca Belair that we got in NXT. Now, that may be on Triple H's deck of things to do. I don't know. I don't know. But right now, he's got to stay the course with Bianca, but... I do think that eventually what is best for her and her growth on Monday Night Raw is that he'll turn absolutely 100%. I'm not enjoying Bianca Belair as champion right now. Moving on. Adam Pearce. Back to the Dexter Loomis-Miz situation. Adam Pearce approached Champa and Miz backstage. Champa said Miz would like some time alone. Pierce says that they were offering Miz any resources or counseling that he may need if he needs it after last week. Miz says he didn't want to talk about it again and wanted to focus on his match with Bobby Lashley. Pierce said without Miz's cooperation, they couldn't press any charges and hold him. Pierce said the Miz is not talking, and you not talking is making it easier for Dexter Loomis to get away with everything that he's done. Pierce says he's just trying to help. Miz then says, yeah, you're really trying to help? You putting me in a match with the United States champion tonight, knowing what I've been through, is not really help. So he flat out told Adam Pearce that what he did tonight by putting him in a match with Lashley is not helping him. Pearce asked, Miz, what have you been through? Why don't you tell me what you've been through so we can help you? Champa told him to just leave. We got Kurt Angle back on Monday Night Raw. He looks great. He looks great. I have yet to watch the Rey Mysterio and Edge documentary. But right now, all of the A&E documentaries that I've watched, I've watched all of them. Besides those two, Angle has been my favorite one. I thought what they did on Kurt Angle was absolutely tremendous. Good to see him in good health, or at least as good as he can be, knowing what he's been through. He looks great. A little bit older, of course, but everybody's going to age, right? And we got Kurt Angle in Pittsburgh. Crowd went crazy for him. He came out wearing a track suit. Came out wearing his Olympic gold medals. So he's out there in the ring, and he was soaking it in, happy to be back in Pittsburgh, and he was interrupted almost immediately by Chad Gable and Otis. So they're in the ring. And Gable said Angle was a personal hero of his. He said Alpha Academy are looking for a new member. He said, unfortunately, there's candidates among the moronic mouth breathers in Pittsburgh. Fans booed and Gable asked fans to show respect because there's an Olympic hero in the ring. And also Kurt Angle. Chad Gable is absolutely fucking incredible. He is. Chad Gable is in the top three of some of my favorite things on Monday Night Raw. Absolutely love him. So Gable started to shush Kurt Angle. Angle asked if he just shushed him. Did you just shush me? So they go back and forth and they shooshed each other. Which didn't really feel like a Triple H thing. This definitely felt like a Vince McMahon, Bruce Prichard thing, but... You know, to see Kurt Angle ha- ha- healthy and happy on TV and, you know, Chad Gable just fucking being humorous and funny and just living his fucking best life and owning his gimmick and shtick as well. I didn't mind it too much, but it definitely felt like a Vince McMahon, Bruce Prichard type of segment. So they went back and forth yelling and shooshing each other. Gable told Otis to show Kurt Angle what happens when you disrespect the Alpha Academy. So Angle did not want to join the Alpha Academy. They presented him a jacket. He said, no. Out come the Street Profits, and they ran in the ring wearing black and gold. Now, I've seen some people mention, oh, look, Montez and Angelo Dawkins are wearing black and gold. Yes, they weren't wearing black and gold because it signified NXT black and gold. They wore black and gold because that is the the colors of the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't see why people were making a big deal about what they were wearing. Normally, the Street Profits come out wearing, you know, what they did tonight in conjunction with whatever city they're in and whatever the major sports team is. I think it's great. I thought they looked fantastic tonight, but people were thinking, oh, oh, they're wearing NXT colors. No, no, they're not. It's just by coincidence that the NXT colors are the same colors as the Pittsburgh Steelers. So the Profits said they're looking for a fight. Gable told the crowd to shush the hell up he says they have conditions before they accept this match gable said after they beat them angle has to join the alpha academy and does whatever he orders him to do as he coaches him to the next level baby montez ford asked if it's true and angle said oh it's true it's damn true they didn't really give Kurt Angle much uh, microphone time. I don't really know what he would be uh, out there saying. I don't know, you know, what he would need to say out there. But it was nice to see Kurt Angle, and they integrated him into the show as good as you can integrate a legend into the show. It didn't overstay its welcome. It didn't feel forced. You know, everybody loves him in Pittsburgh. Everybody loves Kurt Angle. We're the greatest of any generation. So they integrated him Nicely into the show. And they integrated him into the show with the right people. Chad Gable, Otis, the Street Profits, Edge, Rey Mysterio. So I thought they did a great job with Kurt Angle tonight. So we got the Profits against the Alpha Academy. This is basically a rematch that we've seen many, many, many times before. Triple H hasn't really given us many rematches in his... Stint as head of creative. This, I would say, is only the third rematch that we've gotten in about six weeks. Most of the rematches have come on SmackDown. We got Sami Zayn and Drew McIntyre in the main event on Friday night. That's a rematch. We got Ricochet and Baron Corbin. That's a rematch. And we got this match. We got the Street Profits versus the Alpha Academy. This was a really, really good match. If WWE wants to do tag team wrestling, I'm sure they would do tag team wrestling great under the leadership of Triple H because NXT had a phenomenal tag team division. Some of the best matches that this company has produced in the last 20 to 30 years has come from the NXT tag team division during the black and gold era, of course. This was no different. The only difference here was is the crowd was dead. They didn't give a shit about anything that happened here, especially with Kurt Angle being out there. So they went to break immediately. Gable gave Ford an overhead suplex off the top rope. Angelo Dawkins made a comeback after a break from Gable. Gave Gable a silencer, one of his signature moves for a two. Gable gave him a German suplex and reversed a Montez Ford high cross into a pin for a two count. Gable then followed with a Northern Lights suplex for near cover, or near fall. Otis slammed forward. This was before Gable followed with a diving headbutt. Dawkins ran in from the outside to break up the cover at the last split second. Dawkins and Otis took each other out with a double clothesline. Gable dropped his shoulder straps, mocking Kurt Angle on the outside, who was sitting by the announce desk, dropped his straps He then takes Montez Ford and applies the ankle lock on Montez Ford because that's exactly Kurt Angle's move, and that's what Kurt Angle would have done. Ford fought out. He applied an ankle lock in reverse on Gable with Kurt Angle sitting out there. He's clapping along for the Street Profits. Ford grapefined the leg, and the crowd thought we'd get a finish. All of a sudden, Gable's about to tap. Otis comes in and breaks up the submission hold. Otis confronted Angle. Dawkins wiped him out with a, a huge pounce. Sent him over the commentary table. I believe Otis landed on fucking Byron Saxton. Dawkins launched Gable into Montez Ford and a suplex. Ford finished him off with the big frog splash for the one, two, three, And that was it. Great tag team match. We've seen it a thousand fucking times. But a great tag team match nonetheless. And this is why I said if WWE is really contemplating changing the title designs for most of the championships, maybe, and I mentioned this on Saturdays off the script, maybe we get the tag team titles and we get one title that spreads across both brands. And Triple H does exactly what I've been saying since 2016 and we merge these tag team divisions. If we merge these tag team divisions together and we set these teams in the division and set them up We could have a really, really, really fucking good tag team division in WWE. Raw tag teams on SmackDown, SmackDown tag teams on Raw. It should be a floating championship. I've said this for years. I don't understand why the women's tag team titles can float between Raw and SmackDown, and the men's tag team titles cannot do that. I don't understand that. We need to make the same universal rules for both sets of tag team championships, not just for the women. So I hope we are on our way eventually, because I know he's got a lot of other things that he needs to tackle first. Hopefully we are on our way to getting a good tag team division and a solid tag team division that is one. Jimmy Smith, he threw it to Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle. This was a sit down that was moderated by Corey Graves. Obviously, Corey Graves is moderating this. He is from Pittsburgh, so he's another Pittsburgh hometown guy. So we got this sit-down, and this was easily one of the best things on the entire show. Graves asked Seth and Riddle what went down between them earlier. Seth accused Riddle of creeping by my bus, he says. Riddle talked over him. He denied it. They were going back and forth and speaking over each other. I couldn't really make out what they were saying. So, they showed a clip from earlier in the day. And Riddle was in the parking lot. Seth Rollins was in the parking lot. They ended up brawling in the parking lot before Monday Night Raw. Triple H also called up the NXT parking lot, which is the most dangerous place in all of America. He brought it up to Monday Night Raw. So they were brawling in the parking lot of the arena tonight, the PPG Paints Arena, I believe, in Pittsburgh. So they show that. Rollins thought Riddle was creeping by his bus, said he was on the phone. Riddle said he was on the phone with Randy, as Seth talked about how expensive his bus is. Seth said Riddle's been a thorn in his side since Money in the Bank. He says he's been on top of the food chain, whereas Riddle is on the come up. So this clash was bound to happen. He said it's his time, though, not Riddle's. So Riddle said Seth is afraid of what he's going to do to him. He's going to embarrass him like Roman Reigns embarrassed him and how Cody Rhodes embarrassed him. Seth obviously got angry at this and said this isn't about Cody or Roman. Seth said nobody likes Riddle, and he's going to beat him for his own satisfaction And everyone else's satisfaction. Because nobody likes him. Seth said he'll put him on the shelf. Right next to Cody. There's a reason why Seth Rollins is mentioning Cody Rhodes. It's not about Cody. He's going to put Riddle right on the shelf next to Cody Rhodes. Seth doesn't like being in the shadows of Cody Rhodes. He doesn't. These are little teases. These are little inklings of teases. That is going to be a predominant. WWE storyline when Cody Rhodes comes back. They're not done. I don't know where they're going to end up meeting, but if it was up to me, honestly, if Cody is ready to go, I'm holding him out to the Royal Rumble. I'm I'm holding Cody out till the Royal Rumble, and I'm putting Cody in at number two in the Royal Rumble. Number one, Seth Rollins. I'm having Cody and Seth end up as the final two in the Royal Rumble, with Cody Rhodes eliminating Seth Rollins and winning the Royal Rumble. That is my prediction. That is the way I do it. Story. Then it ends once and for all, and Cody has vanquished Rollins. There's nothing he can do. And Cody can go focus on winning the WWE title at WrestleMania. The fact that Cody's been mentioned here two or three different times, it's only adding fuel to the fire. So Seth says he'll put him on the shelf next to Cody. He said, then he'll move on to the universal champion. Seth said he'll show him once and for all what a man really is. Riddle said he'll show there's only one man in his marriage, and she's named Becky. Seth stared ahead and looked to be kind of holding in what he wanted to say. Graves said, we are out of time, and that's it. So Rollins, he didn't have any rebuttal to that Becky Lynch line delivered by Riddle. Matt Riddle, who's now Matt Riddle. The edict is gone. It's so beautiful to see Matt Riddle on television. So this was not the end of this. We go away. We go to commercial break. We go to Miz and Champa backstage. Miz quickly turns around and sensed, you know, something was not right backstage. He turned around. He saw a security guard. He's all right for now. Dexter Loomis is nowhere in the vicinity of the Miz. So after this, we go back to Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins. So Riddle was taking off his microphone, the sit-down, split-screen sit-down, taking off his microphone. Seth asked, Riddle, Riddle, are you still there? And Matt Riddle says, yeah, bro, I'm still here. Taking off his microphone. Seth said that, you want to bring up my family, I'm going to talk about Riddle being divorced. He talked about Riddle being divorced. He says, you were divorced, bro. And your wife, your ex-wife, took your kids, none of them, none of your family wants to see you anymore. Riddle asked, where the fuck are you, legitimately? Where the bleep are you? Where the fuck are you? I'm not going to beat you up. I'm going to fuck you up. Keep playing games. Where the fuck are you? Bleep, 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 bleep. This was great shit. This was great shit. That's all you heard. That's all you heard. Now, I love it when people tell me, oh yeah, Vince McMahon's still writing the shows in the shadows. Nothing's really changed about Monday Night Raw. This would have absolutely never happened, ever, in a Vince McMahon era on Monday Night Raw. F-bombs being thrown? I cannot remember the last time that WWE bleeped out the word fuck. If you don't think that's a big deal, that is a huge step forward for Monday Night Raw and WWE and their storytelling. And they're not going to abuse it They're not going to do like AEW where pussy and shit and asshole and all these other words that you're really not used to hearing on TV said every week. Triple H is going to save that type of language for something like this to really bring the feud to the next level. The placement of this was absolutely fucking perfect because it took what already was an intense feud, and it took it to the next level, and it made me more interested in seeing what they produced, both of them, both Matt Riddle, Matt Riddle, and Seth Rollins at Clash of the Castle. You could not have booked it any perfect, any more perfect. This was great. And you got to give Triple H credit. He could have easily did this match at SummerSlam. Easily did this match at SummerSlam. Add another four and a half star match easy at SummerSlam. SummerSlam ended up being a great show. That's how confident Triple H was knowing that SummerSlam was going to be a thumbs up show in the eyes of the audience. The fact that he omitted something like that off the show, that's a ballsy fucking move. All for the art of storytelling. He withheld that match because of storytelling, and long-term booking to do it at Clash of the Castle, to give it a little bit more juice, and now we are where we are. If you don't appreciate that, I'm going to have to ask you to get the fuck out of here. I think that's great. Bobby Lashley and The Miz. This was a one-on-one match. Miz was out there with Champa. And this wasn't really anything all that spectacular. I I think I said it then, I'm going to say it now. I've been done with The Miz and Lashley being in the ring together. Uh, This was not really all that exciting, especially when they were wrestling over the WWE title. Not for me. Not for me at all. Went about 10 minutes. Lashley was mostly in control of this thing until Ciampa distracted the referee, which allowed... Uh, Miz to take control of the match. Lashley came back with some suplexes and a choke slam. Champa pulled Miz out of the ring before Lashley could go for a spear. Miz then distracted the referee, which caused Champa to get in there and blindside Lashley with a huge kick. Miz followed up with a big DDT, almost got the victory over the United States champion, but he only got a two-count. Miz set up for the skull crushing finale. He was facing the crowd while executing the skull-crushing finale, but he saw Dexter Loomis in the crowd. Big spotlight on Dexter Loomis. He was about 30 rows deep in the mezzanine, and he was just standing there fixing his glove. He was tightening his glove like he was going to fucking kill this guy. So Miz dropped Lashley. He was pointing at Champa. He's up there. He's up there. He's here. He's here. This obviously freaked the Miz out. Miz was caught from behind in the hurt lock, and that was it. Bobby Lashley makes Miz tap out in the hurt lock. Miz tried to explain to Champa that he saw Loomis. Champa didn't believe him. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what Dexter Loomis would want with the Miz. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it greatly, but I I don't really know. I can't really put my finger on... Why Dexter Loomis would be so enthralled with The Miz? What is it about The Miz that he wants? Does he want to eliminate Mike Mizanin so he can have Maurice all to himself? Does he want to eliminate bad wrestling off the show so he's going to take out Miz and get rid of him? What is it? What does he want with The Miz? Or is Tommaso Ciampa setting him up? Is Tommaso Ciampa in cahoots with Dexter Loomis. How is Loomis getting in the building? He's not a signed WWE superstar. How is he in the building? He's got to be working with somebody to get access to get into the building. I don't know. I don't know. Very, very interesting situation. And I like what's going on here. And I've said this from day one, when we saw Dexter Loomis on day one, come back to the company. Him and what he brings to the table and the character and the gimmick and the story here, it's different. You don't really see this type of thing on Monday Night Raw. Stalking angles, abduction, creepy fucking Dexter Loomis wanting to murder people. I love it. This is exactly what I hoped for when Dexter Loomis was playing this role full-fledged 100% in NXT before they turned in babyface and they ruined his entire character. I think this is awesome. I just don't know why. Maybe he's in cahoots with the psycho killer, Tommaso Ciampa. We will see. They had a very, very funny throwback segment with Edge in the back with Kurt Angle. And I thought this was great. This was a really sweet, Throwback to what they did all those years ago. And we got Edge and Angle backstage. They played off the segment from years ago where Edge showed Angle pictures of their past with insulting messages written on the back. The first one he showed didn't have anything written on the back. And Kurt Angle was like, you're not going to get me with this shit again. Okay. So he looked at the picture and then he looked behind and there was nothing written there. But every other one that Kurt Angle looked at, there was something written on the back. And it was insulting messages to Kurt Angle. And then the final picture that he showed Kurt Angle had an arrow pointing up. And it says, I still suck. So he realized that Edge played him for a fool again. Rey Mysterio and Dominic were sitting there laughing and smiling at the expense of Kurt Angle. And I thought it was a nice throwback segment. I thought that was awesome. Usos. Usos and Sami Zayn. We're going to get into this segment in just a second. I want to check the chat. I want to thank you guys, nearly 3,000 of you in the OTS Beard Garden tonight. I would really appreciate it if you guys can hit that thumbs up. We are 11 likes away from the minimum of 1,000. Get them on in. Super chats are open, get them on in, we're going to hang out at the end of the show. Memberships, they are open, 50% off, get them on in, you got two days left to get those memberships in if you want to become a VIP channel member right here on OTS. Tonight sponsored by DraftKings, I'm going to shoot it over to DraftKings, and you guys are going to sit tight, I'll be right back and we'll get into this segment with Usos, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, this was easily the best part of the show tonight, loved everything about this, I'll be right back guys. Tonight's show sponsored by DraftKings. Code JD for your share. Free shot at a share of $10,000. WWE is going down this weekend in the land of afternoon tea with the queen. To celebrate this historic event, DraftKings, an official gaming partner of WWE, is putting you in the center of the action with a share of $10,000 up for grabs this weekend. You guys know better than anybody I'm going to get you ready For Clash at the Castle. So much so that we'll be sitting right next to the Queen having that afternoon tea. It is very simple, guys. You're gonna download the DraftKings app. You're gonna use the promo code JD from NY, and you're gonna enter to win $10,000. You're gonna answer questions like who is gonna make a surprise appearance? Who's gonna win that big, undisputed WWE Universal Championship match between Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns in the main event? Will Austin Theory cash in his money in the bank contract? You're going to answer all those questions, and the customers with the most correct answers will win their share of $10,000. Download the DraftKings app now and use that promo code JD from NY to enter the free WWE Predictions Challenge for Clash of the Castle with $10,000 up for grabs. So use that promo code JD from NY now. And enter the free $10,000 contest only at DraftKings, an official gaming partner of WWE. Thank you guys once again. And thank you to DraftKings for sponsoring tonight's Monday Night Raw post show on Off The Script. The Usos, they're out there with Sami Zayn. The Bloodline is on Monday Night Raw. The Usos are out there. Hyping up Roman Reigns' two-year championship celebration before Clash at the Castle. And we're getting that match on Saturday afternoon. McIntyre-Reigns, there is rumor going around right now that they are possibly coming up with ways to take those titles off of Roman Reigns. I will go over that in an extra on... I don't know if it's going to be Tuesday or Wednesday. I will have news on that this week for sure. I will let you guys know what I feel about that. Zayn interrupted. The Usos are out there. Zayn's got a microphone. He's doing the speaking for most of the bloodline here tonight. Said that Reigns appointed him the honorary master of ceremonies for the celebration. Jay stared at Sami, which caused Sammy to hype up the Usos' accomplishments. Jay does not like Sami Zayn. Jimmy's a little bit more friendly with Sami Zayn, but Jay does not like Sami Zayn. Usos continued by saying Reigns will defeat McIntyre and the bloodline will continue to run things in WWE. Out comes Kevin Owens. Finally, finally, we got what we've been waiting for. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn on the same show. Sami Zayn there with the bloodline and Kevin Owens out to address the nonsense of Sami Zayn thinking that he is in the bloodline. Owens said the bloodline doesn't run anything because I'm not sure if you guys know, this is still the Kevin Owens show. I once told Sammy and the Usos to go tell their boss, Roman, that he still owes me one. Jay told Sammy, is this your boy? Is this clown your boy? And Sammy was a little hesitant. He's like, yeah. Yeah, he's, from time to time, he's my boy, but yeah, he's my boy. So, Jay told Sammy to go get his boy. Owens asked if he was Sammy's boy. So Kevin Owens getting right down to the heart of the matter. Sammy said, technically, Owens is my boy, but, you know, a little hesitation there on Sammy's name. Sammy told Owens that Reigns. You know, let me let me let me kind of break this down for you, Ko. Uh, you know, Roman Reigns doesn't really owe you anything. He was kind of beating around the bush. He wanted to tell Ko, you know, what he needed to tell them, tell him to keep in the good graces of the Usos. But he told Ko that Roman Reigns doesn't really owe you anything. Owens told Sammy that he didn't think he could look any stupider than when he grew his fucking hair out. Owens said Sammy Zayn looks stupid running around with the bloodline, letting them treat him as they do. Owens continued saying that Sammy was one of the best in-ring performers of all time. Owens said Sammy is their personal clown, and that at, as his best friend and as his brother, he needs to really, really reassess things and what's going on here. This is not you. They don't appreciate you. Sammy shot back saying that Owens doesn't know what he's talking about. Sammy says they can't get over the fact that the bloodline likes him. Sammy said Jimmy likes him and they did some silly looking fucking handshake that they nailed perfectly. Jimmy likes me. Jay, he hesitated a little bit with Jay. Jay didn't even look at him. Jay was just staring a hole into Kevin Owens. You know, he's like, yeah, we're working on Jay Uso. We're working on Jay Uso, but, you know, Jay told Owens that, you know, I'm going to need you to walk to the back and walk up the ramp before they do to him like they did McIntyre. Sammy said that they're all the bloodline and it was all four of them taking McIntyre out together. Owens says he didn't forget that Jay and Paul Heyman stopped him from beating Reigns for the title 18 months ago. Owens told Jay he can celebrate two years of having his head up Roman Reigns' asshole. Sammy stepped in and told Owens to stop before Jay has to kick his ass. Jay pulled Sammy back, and Jay stared down Owens. Owens says he thinks this is part, the part where they drop the microphones, they get a referee, and they fight. Referee immediately ran down, and Owens and Jay had themselves a match. So we got Jay Uso and Kevin Owens with Jimmy and Sami Zayn in the corner of Jay Uso. This is what it has all been leading to. The big, big, big chapter of this eventual Usos versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. This is what is going to be the start of it legitimately. Kevin Owens is out there. He comes out. He's been one of the most over guys in the company for a very long time. Not because of, you know, the way he wrestles and this and that. Kevin Owens has that fanfare behind him because he's always had that normal, everyday, hardworking guy shtick down. He's genuine, he's real. People believe in the role that he's playing. People look at him and they could really associate with him on a human level. That's why Kevin Owens is over so much. And Kevin Owens has been over for a very long time Vince McMahon didn't know what to do with Kevin Owens. Bruce Pritchard didn't know what to do with Kevin Owens. And I really do think that under Triple H, we're seeing the best Kevin Owens in a very, very long time. Kevin Owens was directionless under Vince McMahon. They didn't know what to do with him. KO shows every week. He was pretty much setting everybody up through the Kevin Owens show, setting them up for a feud, setting them up for a next feud, talking about... What's to come with the championship match here? A championship match here? Everybody's been asking for months, years. What is going on with Kevin Owens? What about Kevin Owens? When is it KO's time? All it took was for Triple H to get in there on week one. And now we are on week six. And we are getting fight Owens fight. We're getting prize fighter, NXT black and gold Kevin Owens. And it really didn't take a lot of brain work for Triple H to get us there. All it took was for him to take out stupid Ezekiel with a pop-up apron powerbomb, and here we are. Kevin Owens finally has realized who he is. He's shed the jokes and the comedy and the bullshit, and he finally realizes who he is. Now, the part of the story that gets me most excited is we know who Kevin Owens is, but now Kevin Owens is going to help Sami Zayn find out who he is because he's gone through it himself. This is a lifelong friend. He knows his lifelong friend doesn't belong with these hooligans, with the bloodline. He knows his lifelong friend is acting like this because he wants to feel accepted. He knows his lifelong friend, Sami Zayn, is looking weak. And he knows his lifelong friend is not going to be appreciated by Jay and Jimmy and Roman Reigns and that they're using him to get whatever they want. And then when they don't need him, they're going to dump him. Kevin Owens found himself. Now it's Kevin Owens' turn to find or help Sami Zayn find who he is. That's the beauty of this storyline. We got Kevin Owens the way we want. Now it's going to be Sami Zayn's time to get back to where Sami Zayn needs to be. And Kevin Owens said it best tonight. You are one of the best professional wrestlers in the world. That's what we're going to get when we get Sami Zayn. And when they come together, absolutely, no doubt about it, when they win those tag team championships, the reaction that is going to be when they win those tag team championships is going to be one of the best moments of the entire fucking calendar year for WWE. Mark my words, it is going to be fantastic. I can't wait. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful storytelling. So we got this match. The match itself was fine. Kevin Owens is great. The Usos are always very good. I don't like the Usos losing all the time because they're champions. It is a singles match, yes, but I don't like them losing. More times than not, they've been on the losing end all year long compared to winning a match. I don't like it. So this match went about 12 minutes. Owens and Jay got a referee in there. We pick it up after a commercial break. Owens was about to give Jay an apron powerbomb. Jimmy distracted him and Jay hit a super kick before hitting a Samoan drop on the steel steps. So they battle up top. This leads to Owens hitting a fisherman's buster off the top row. Owens followed with a swanton, which looked brutal as fuck. Jay blocked a stunner before Owens blocked a super kick and hit one of his own. Jay slipped out of a pop-up powerbomb, hit a super kick, and a diving splash off the top for two. Owens handed out super kicks to both ball, Jimmy and Jay. Then he gave Jay a big frog splash for a near fall. Owens, again, up for an apron powerbomb, but turned his attention to Sami Zayn. Jay used the distraction here to hit a suicide dive on the outside. So, Jay, he demanded Sami Zayn to grab a chair as Jimmy distracted the ref. So, Sami Zayn's got this chair. Jay held down Owens. So that Zayn could hit Owens with the chair. Sami Zayn thought about it. He thought about it. He thought about it. And he couldn't do it. He could not hit his best friend with the chair. We are now slowly already seeing who Sami Zayn is going to end up becoming. We are finding Sami Zayn, finding himself. I love it. This is excellent. The simplest ways to get us to the next stage of this storyline happened tonight. So obviously, he couldn't hit Kevin Owens. Jimmy was yelling at Sammy. Jay was upset. Owens gives Jay a stunner. One, two, three, and Owens wins the match because of Sammy Zayn not helping the Usos. Awesome. You cannot book it any better than that. I am so excited about this tag team match. Whenever it happens, it is going to be fucking beautiful. And that match, I mean, just work right alone is gonna be fantastic. It may end up being the best WWE match all year. Mark my words. We got Bailey, Dakota, and EO Sky backstage. Talking about the tag team title situation, Bailey said that Bel Air was holding back the women's division, which may or may not be true depending on who you talk to. Bailey said they will bring the division back to life and everyone will be looking up to her as their role model once again. Kai said they plan to take over the entire company by winning the tag team titles. Kai continued saying Rodriguez and Aaliyah have beaten the best but it will hurt much more when they send them back to SmackDown. Sky spoke in Japanese and then said they will be the new WWE Women's Tag Team Champion. We go from them to The Miz. Miz was leaving the arena, getting into his rental car. Champ had chased after him for whatever reason. He had all glitter all over himself. I don't know what he was doing backstage, but none of my business. Champa chased after him, asking Miz if he was okay. Miz reiterated that he's fine, teased Champa about not having shirts on or a shirt on, teased him about the glitter on his shirt. Kevin Patrick ran up to him and asked Miz what he saw during the match with Lashley. Will you please explain to us what you saw? Miz, he did not answer Kevin Patrick, got into the car, started the car, drove off. But before he drove off, this was a huge SUV rental. So there's two layers of back seats. There's a front seat, middle seat, and a back seat. In the back seat, all of a sudden you see a light turn on, and Dexter Loomis is sitting there through the window. As the Miz drives away, Dexter Loomis is in the back of Miz's rental car. So once again, he is in the Miz's presence, and we don't know what is happening to the Miz at this current time. Miz once again could be laid out in a fucking ditch somewhere, and we don't even know. We don't even know. Again, I don't know why he's targeting the Miz. Sooner or later, we're gonna need a, a uh, an explanation here from somebody. Is he working with somebody? Is he going to speak for his own actions? I don't know. I don't know. Why is Loomis targeting the Miz? I'm still under the impression that he's working with somebody, but who that somebody is, I don't know yet. Johnny Gargano. He was being interviewed in an empty arena. This was obviously the PPG Paints Arena before the show started tonight. He was being interviewed in an empty arena here. Gargano said being back in WWE is everything to him and said he hasn't been in the ring in nine months, the longest since he's, Uh, The longest he's been away since he's been eight years old. The interviewer then asked if theory ruined it. So we're not there with Austin Theory yet, but we're going to slowly roll it out one after the other. We got Matt Riddle tonight, maybe next week we'll get Austin Theory. And then maybe the week after that we'll get Tommaso Ciampa back on TV. He asked if theory ruined it. Gargano said no, and that he was happy to see theory. Gargano said Theory has every genetic gift that he didn't have. Gargano said Theory didn't even call him when baby wrestling was born. So Theory didn't call Johnny Gargano to check up on him when the kid was born. Theory, all of a sudden, you see Theory walking down the steps of the empty arena here. You see the briefcase come into frame. He showed up and he sat right behind Johnny Gargano. Gargano got up very defensive. Theory said, no, 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 I'm not here to fight. You super kicked me, not the other way around. Let's talk, I just want to talk. So Theory asked him why he, Gargano, didn't call him when he won the United States title or when he, Theory, won money in the bank. Gargano said he was busy. Theory said those sound like excuses. Theory said he probably didn't call because he was jealous and playing stay-at-home dad. Theory said he expected better from Johnny Gargano, but it's lonely being at the top. I know. Theory welcomed him to Raw and said, good luck because now you are swimming with a sea full of sharks. I like this. I like this. Theory being a prick to Johnny Gargano um, I like the fact that Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory are in a feud together for Johnny's first feud. There's a continuation here, there's continuity there, right? With Austin Theory and Johnny Gargano coming up from NXT, now playing out on the main roster. Obviously, two different versions. This is not the geek fucking comedy Austin Theory that we saw in NXT. This is now the serious Mr. Money in the Bank, potentially being the world champion Austin Theory has had a taste of gold on the main roster, Austin Theory, has had a taste of a WrestleMania moment, Austin Theory. This is not the same Austin Theory we got in NXT. This is not the same Johnny Gargano we're going to get in NXT either. This is not the heel Johnny Gargano that we've been seeing, you know, before he went away. Johnny Gargano was a heel last time we saw him. So now we got babyface Gargano versus heel Theory, two different career trajectories here right now. And I love that. Continuity at its best. Long term booking at its best. I don't know when they're going to wrestle. It's not happening at the pay per view, but we may end up getting this going into the next pay per view that follows Clash of the Castle. Main event. Main event. We got the women's tag team title tournament final. This one's for all the gold. This is EO. Sky and Dakota Kai versus Aaliyah and... <laughs> Raquel! Smiley Raquel, uh, Gonzalez! Rodriguez. The fuck is she smiling about, bro? What are you smiling about? He! <laughs> She's out there doing 99% of the work. I don't know what the fuck she's smiling about. So we got this women's tag team title match, main eventing the show. There was news before the show that Triple H really wanted to make this a big special moment. They really wanted to put priority on the women's championship. We got this highlight package where it was documenting the entire tournament and the importance of The women's tag team titles, which, you know, in reality, there is no importance to the women's tag team titles. They're nothing more than fucking paperweights. You know, I said this about the All-Atlantic title on Friday in AEW. Uh, I'll say this about the women's tag team titles here. They are an absolute waste of time. An absolute waste of time. So, this match went 11 minutes. And went 11 minutes. not really enough to really get you to believe in It being oh so important for the women's tag team titles. Dakota Kai and Io Sky took Aaliyah, took her out of the match into the steel steps. She's basically out of this match for at least 99.9% of it. I'll talk about that in a second. So Kai then hits Rodriguez with a punt kick. We go to commercial break. Kai and Sky are double teaming Rodriguez to remain in control, Rodriguez launched Sky into Dakota. Couldn't tag out because Alea was down from being knocked into the steel steps. Rodriguez made it come back, gave Sky an elbow drop for two. Sky came back with a code red of her own for a two count. Rodriguez turned Sky inside out with a clothesline. Sky got an assist from Bailey as Kai distracted the referee. Kai hit a running big boot, her version of the Haluva kick. Sky followed with her moonsault. I thought this was it. And Rodriguez kicked out of Io Shirai or Io Sky's moonsault. Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka ran out to the ring and chased Bailey into the crowd. Sky and Kai were distracted by this. They lost focus of the match. All while this was happening... Rodriguez was in the corner. Aaliyah finally tags herself in. She hid herself away. She tagged in, jumped off the apron, and hid. She went right back to what she was doing all match, sleeping on the outside. But Dakota and Io did not see her make the blind tag. So Sky and Kai are double-teaming Rodriguez. All of a sudden, Aaliyah slips into the ring because they don't know what the fuck is going on, slips into the ring and rolled up Kai to score the pinfall victory. Now, I, I wasn't really paying attention. Some people were telling me that Dakota Kai was not the legal woman in the match. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. I wasn't really paying that close of attention. So Aaliyah tagged herself in, pinned Dakota Kai. Some people were telling me that she pinned the wrong woman. And that EO was the legal woman. I don't know. I don't know. I don't like this outcome. I do not like this outcome at all. Why was this outcome made? I'm going to tell you why this outcome was made. The only thing I could really come up with as far as an explanation is concerned is that EO and Dakota with Bailey are already made women on the roster. They are the biggest heel faction in all of women's wrestling right now. Because Bailey is that woman. Now, they're going into Clash of the Castle. Do they need the Women's Tag Team Championships to really sell us on this feud? No. No, they do not. What I do think ends up happening is that we got Raquel and Aaliyah. They're the Tag Team Champions for now, and they will not be Tag Team Champions for long. They will not be. We are going to get Sasha Banks and Naomi, we're going to get them back. They're going to beat Raquel and Aaliyah and they will be the new tag team champions. We are basically looking at an entire tournament that meant nothing to crown new tag team champions, to give them right back to Sasha and Naomi and give them right back to the women that had them before. John Laurinaitis, Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard fucked everything up. The one thing that I saw at the end of the show tonight was two things. Actually, if that don't make sense. The two things that I saw at the end of the show, I'm going to let you know right now. Number one, Dakota and Bailey with EO, they were on the outside. They were on the outside. They were looking into the ring at five women. There was Asuka, there was Alexa, there was Bianca, there was Raquel, and there was Aaliyah. Five women. So now we got five women on one side and three women on the other. Now, does that mean we are getting another two women to even the odds here is Bailey gonna add to her group? I don't know if she's gonna add to her group, but you know, Bailey and Sasha are very, very, very close. They are best friends. Bailey and Sasha, they are in control. This division is nothing without them. Does Sasha and Naomi come back as heels and join Bailey? It's almost unfair. It's almost unfair. If you call that five woman group a legit group, Bailey, Sasha, Naomi, Io, and Dakota, who's going to top that? But there's two spots open there. But I see five baby faces in the ring. We need five heels. We only got three. Does Sasha and Naomi come back? Do we get them joining Bailey's side? Do we get war games between Damage Control, Bailey's group? And a group led by Bianca Belair. I don't know. That's what it's certainly looking like to me. Honestly, that's what it's looking like to me. And I've been asking for a War Games match since we got this storyline kind of taking shape on Monday night. It was legitimately in the first, second week. We were building towards this internal women's warfare. And I'm asking myself, is Triple H really going to set up a War Games match on the main roster? He's in control now. He's head of creative. He could do whatever the fuck he wants. Survivor Series needs a huge selling point. They sold out the TD guard in Boston. Survivor Series needs a huge overhaul. It is the one major WWE show of the year that needs a major overhaul. I said this on the podcast Saturday. Survivor Series isn't really Survivor Series... If it means Raw versus SmackDown and we're going to go the same formulaic basic route that we've been through for the last three or four years. Nobody wants to see that. That's not a selling point anymore. Survivor Series needs an overhaul. Whether we just stick to the elimination matches and we do, you know, feuds existing on Raw, feuds existing on SmackDown, and we eliminate the Raw versus SmackDown dynamic, it doesn't really mean much of anything anymore. Raw versus SmackDown is non-existent. You can't have Raw versus SmackDown at Survivor Series and then coin it as the only time of year, the, uh, the one time of year where Raw versus SmackDown happens. Brand warfare. We saw the Usos and Sami Zayn where SmackDown superstars on Raw tonight. I don't understand that. Raquel and Aaliyah are SmackDown women. They're on Monday Night Raw tonight. You can't sell us on that format anymore. Are we getting war games? Like I said, that's what it feels like to me. Survivor Series needs a huge, huge attraction. Elimination Chambers taking place at Survivor Series. That, to me, signifies uh, signifies Survivor Series. We had the Deadly Games Tournament take place at Survivor Series. That, to me, signifies Survivor Series. We've had casket matches take place at Survivor Series. To me, that Signifies Survivor Series. It's only right if we get war games happening at Survivor Series. To me, that is the epitome of Survivor Series. And the one last thing I want to say here, man. This this tag team of Raquel <laughs> Gonzalez, not Rodriguez. This tag team of Rodriguez and Aaliyah is fucking pathetic. It is pathetic. This entire tournament, it's been Raquel 99.8% of the time, and Aaliyah has got in there and done nothing. Aaliyah has been on the outside or taken out of the match every single time they've been in a tag team element. Sleeping on the outside, being taken out of the match. Rodriguez got to work the match by herself. This was basically a fucking handicap match. That's a big L. That is a major Triple H L. If you aren't confident in Aliyah being in the ring, why are we giving her a fucking tag team title? If she's not where she needs to be, why is she a champion representing this division? If she's going to be on the outside and be a non-factor in the ring, then she shouldn't be on the fucking roster. Maybe she needs to go back down to the performance center. That's a joke. That's not what I call a tag team. This is a fucking farce tag team, which goes in line with what I've said about this tournament, a complete waste of time. This tag team does not signify, yes, let's bring back the tag team titles. This tag team of Rodriguez and Elias signifies, this is a fucking piece of shit division. No titles are needed. The tag team division in women's, WWE, it, it's, it's awful. It's awful. That's not what I want out of a tag team. One woman doing most of the work while the other one does nothing and she skates by because of the talents of Raquel Rodriguez. What a joke. If you're not confident in her abilities, why are we giving her titles and why is she on TV? She sucks. She's been in the WWE for six years now. She sucks. She has not gotten any better at all in anything she's done. Why is she here? She's following the Dana Brooke fucking mentality. Skate by with barely any skill. It's awful. That was your Monday Night roll? There were things I liked about the show. There were things that I clearly didn't like about the show. This was the worst Monday Night Raw in the Triple H era so far. That doesn't mean it was a bad show. Just means that it wasn't as exciting as everything else that we've watched so far. But I'm still excited about Clash of the Castle. I'm still excited about Saturday and what's to come and the stories that are going to come out of Cardiff. And we'll be live on Saturday afternoon covering Clash of the Castle. Guys, I appreciate you so much, man. We were number one by over 1,100 tonight in the IWC. Why? I'm fucking great at my job. That's why. Appreciate you guys very much. We're going to go over the Super Chats in just a sec. We got six new members tonight, man. Thank you guys very, very much for that. You guys can still get 50% off. Join that channel membership, man. Get that channel membership in and become a VIP right here on OTS. Hit that thumbs up. We got 1,200 plus likes. The new minimum is now 1,500. Can we get to 1,500 likes tonight? On the Monday Night Raw Post Show, right here on OTS, once again sponsored by DraftKings. DraftKings.com. You're gonna use that code JD from NY. At checkout. And you're gonna enter free. You can win your share of ten thousand dollars, man. Also, go check out all the other content on the channel. Everything you need is on the homepage right now. Michelle Moran. $2 Super Chat. I can see Dom turning heel Saturday and hook up with Rhea. I can see it too. I absolutely could see it. 100%. Tony Brown with a $4.99 super chat. Dakota can get it too. Dakota is a very beautiful woman, Tony Brown. But you're going to have to fight Shayna Baszler over Dakota Kai. And that's something that I don't think you want to do. Sidro, the OTS venue comedian. Sidro performing live on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday is Sidro. $5 Super Chat. If Scott Steiner became a religious leader, what would his name be? Big Papa Pope. He's got another one. Five in Super Chat. Why does the Tin Man manage wrestlers? Because Bobby Heenan gave him the brain. Sidro, you've had better, bro. You've had better, man. Richard, the Motivation Coach, with a new membership. Richard, you're motivating me, bro, by becoming a member. Thank you so much, bro. What are you drinking tonight? Akachi Ra with a 13-month membership. Thank you, guys, very much for the memberships. Akachi, thank you, man. 13 months. You just eclipsed a full year. That is awesome. Did someone demand and pay both companies to make a terrible decision on championship belts? Awful. I don't know, man. Both companies got a slew of problems, bro. Hopefully we get things situated quickly. Elite Soldier with a three-month membership. I saw Raquel's more badass side tonight. They didn't need to put the belts on her and Aaliyah. What was Triple H thinking? I don't know, Aaliyah sucks. Beautiful, beautiful woman, but she sucks. She's awful. Breadman with a Canadian $5 super chat. Everyone breathe. Sasha Banks and Naomi will beat them soon. Much better than EO and Dakota. Dropping the titles in under a month. Yes. Like I said tonight, Breadman, that's exactly where they're going with us. The best in the world with a $5 Super Chat. Aaliyah pinned the wrong person to win the title, so I can see a rematch in the near future. Also, did you see Dexter Lumis? Yes, I did. He was in the backseat of the Mrs. Rental van. MGM Ballin with a 499 Super Chat. Probably not happening, but if they brought back Sheamus' old team on Saturday, I'd lose my mind. I do think that we get Drew McIntyre's old team. I think we're getting that on Saturday, man. I may lose my mind over that. I think that's fucking great. The Visionary with a new membership. Visionary, thank you so much, brother. What are you drinking tonight? C. Jags with a 4.99 Super chat. Not the best show tonight, but they were still good wrestling and some good segments. Kevin Owens, Dexter Loomis, Riddle Rollins segment were great. Yes absolutely Gary Gordon with a $5 super chat wish they would stop with the roll up finishes roll ups man DQs I'm tired of it I'm tired of it all Chelsea becomes a new member Chelsea thank you for joining the VIP club finally what are you drinking tonight Matthew Contos with a new membership thank you Matthew What are you drinking, my brother? Sidro with a $5 Super Chat. Bubba Ray is having dinner at Brock Lesnar's house and wants some mustard. Sable! Get the Dijon! Sidro, that was better than the first, dude, bro. I'll give you that. Tyler with a 4.99 Super Chat. Hope oh, Sasha and Naomi return at Clash of the Castle this Saturday. And Bray Wyatt got my hopes up for them returning at the end of Raw tonight. Yeah. I think a lot of people uh, shot themselves in the foot with thinking that Sasha Banks and uh, Naomi were going to show up tonight, man. It's going to happen. You guys just have to be patient. That's all. You got to really, 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 really be patient. Gary Gordon with a $5 Superjet. Major League Baseball going from 18 to 46 interleague games for each team starting next year. How about that for bad booking? Bro, I, I, I hate interleague play. I do. I think interleague play is fucking absolutely ridiculous. I've always hated it. It really takes away from the World Series. It really does. CJ McGlashan with a three month membership. Raw sucked tonight, but Clash to the Castle. I'm looking forward to Seth vs. Riddle. Me too. Sidro. With another joke, $5 Super Chat, how did Randy Orton get his girlfriend pregnant? How did Randy Orton get his girlfriend pregnant? He came out of nowhere. Okay, that's a good one, bro. That's a good one, Sidra. I'll give you that one, man. You redeemed yourself for the evening, okay? You're two for four tonight. Michael Partham with a two month membership. Thank you, Michael. Having Sasha and Naomi come back will be exciting. Having them possibly confront Raquel and Aaliyah, big meh. Even Papa H isn't perfect, I guess. No, he's not, bro. No, he's not. Bradley Robinette with a 199 super chat. Why did this Raw suck so bad? Well, I mean, it wasn't terrible wasn't terrible, Bradley, but even Triple H on his worst night is better than Vince McMahon. Tony Brown with a four-month membership. Thank you, my brother. Saw some real sexy meat tonight. Even Dakota is sexy, seriously, but not like my NYC Demon Diva. She's way hot. Issa, I I think Tony Brown wants the uh, digits, bro. And yes, Issa is a very lovely lady. Very beautiful is Issa. Normack Smith. I was mad, but Triple H might have a diabolical plan with the wrong person being pinned. A final do-over rematch. Who knows, because he might have played us. Bro, I think everything Triple H does, you got to understand Triple H, everything he does, there's a method to his madness. So I know whatever happened tonight, there's a reason why it happened. Blurred the nerd with a $5 super chat. I really think it's Johnny that sent Dexter to break up Miz's relationship with Champa. And he came tonight to remind him of that. I could see that as well, bro. I could see that as well. But would that make Dexter a baby face? Issa is posting some fire on social. She always usually does. Hoologrim. Uh, Sidro. Knock, knock. Who's there? A friend, but minus the R. I don't under let me in.
2: Sidro, that one
0: didn't hit, bro. Knock, knock, who's there? A friend, but minus the R. I don't understand, let me in. Cidro, what's going on, bro? You're running out of material, huh? We can't be running out of material, bro. Joseph King with an eight-month membership. Thank you, Joseph. In your opinion, what are the least three things to you that makes a great professional wrestler? Love you, bro. Glad to be a VIP. What are the least three things that makes a great professional wrestler? What are at least three things that makes it? Oh, um, that's how tired I am, bro. I completely. I thought you wanted me to give you the the least important things about a professional wrestler. What are the least? What are at least three things that makes a great professional wrestler? Promo, look, and in ring ability. Really, to me, the, the one thing, the one thing that, the one thing that is most important to me is the promo. How you speak, how you project your charisma, how you feed into an audience, how they feed into you. Theme music is also up there. I mean I I think theme, theme music is absolutely up there in the top three for sure. I I think I take I, I think I take in ring away and put theme music there. Look, promo and theme music. Revenge with a new membership. Thank you, Revenge. What are you drinking tonight, bro? D Bastardo. Two $5 Super chats. Great women's build. Babyface Chase. Baker wins. Then two matches with Tony. Ends in nonsense. Tony wins Steel Cage match at full gear for championship. Paige and Omega was built for over a year. Organic booking would be Omega's comeback at All Out to face Paige for the title. Simple, but punk happens. I I don't know, man. You know, Baker and Tony, fine, but I I think giving the title to Baker is the the wrong way to go about it. I think that's a, a complete fail. And I said this on Saturday. It should have been FTR and the Bucks for the tag team titles. That should have been one of the main events for All Out. With FTR winning the AW tag team titles. I don't understand how they think this is the better story here with Omega... Against the Dark Order, the Elite versus the Dark Order for the Trio Styles. I ruffled somebody? Who did I ruffle? You're Tyler Marshall. Who the fuck are you talking to, bro? Who said I disrespected Triple H? the fuck are you talking about, bro? Get Tyler Marshall out of here, man. Tyler Marshall wants to put words in my mouth, and he wants to fucking take what I say and mix it up and create his own fucking narrative and spin his own narrative on it, man. Get him the fuck out of here. Otis, get him out of here, bro. Tyler Marshall, maybe next time you'll fucking realize that you're in my fucking stream. Don't put words in my fucking mouth, Tyler Marshall. Get him out. Revenge with a $5 Super Chat. Hey, J.D., been watching since my first review of you covering WrestleMania 32. It's been a pleasure watching you and your channel grow all these years. Keep it up. Thank you, Revenge. I appreciate you, brother. Sinister, yes, as soon as I make a thumbnail, bro. It's already uploaded, man. It's exactly what I'm going to be doing as soon as I get out of here. Um, Blurred the Nerd. $5 Super Chat. Aaliyah did not pin the legal competitor in the match, which was EO, and not Dakota. So something will definitely come of that. I'm sure Bailey will uh, make a big issue about that. Nate Knight with a $2 at Super Chat. Aaliyah should be nowhere close to the main event. Never. Nowhere close. Reuben Barber with a new membership. Reuben, what are you drinking, bro? I may need a barber in about a couple of weeks, man. My hair's getting a little long. Jeremy Harris with a $5 super chat. What's up, Jay? It's been a while. Been busy working, just showing some support. As always, love the podcast. Cheers, my good brother. Thank you, Jeremy. I appreciate you, brother. Treehouse becomes a new member. Treehouse, thank you so much, man. Finally, Treehouse is a member. And he leaves a $20 super chat. OTS, motherfucker, for life. Absolutely, fucking lutely man. The name of the song is After Image. One word. After Image by Audience of Rain. Nate Knight with a $2 super chat. Velveteen Dream is in jail. Oh, boy. Well, Velveteen Dream wants to continue being a fucking asshole. I don't feel sorry for him. Sidro. $5 super chat. Maybe JG will cost theory. Johnny Gargano will cost theory. The cash in that Clash of the Castle setting it up more. Thank you, Triple H. WWE continues to get better. I can see that. Kenneth Halperin with a 499 Superjack. Damian Priest needs a title push so underrated and underappreciated. His promo work on the Triple H has been amazing. It has been. He's been great. Tony Khan tweeted. What the fuck did he tweet? What is... What is Tony Khan's tweet about? tweet is very bizarre Jesse what the fuck does that mean I don't know man This is the stroke of luck I've been waiting for, he says. He tweeted a picture of what looks to be a Star Trek character. I believe it's Worf from Star Trek, the next generation. Jesse, that, that may be him, bro. Bro, there's something going on, man. He's he's I don't know what he's doing at, at this late hour, man. Maybe, exa- maybe that's exactly what he's doing. I have no fucking clue. I don't know, man. Did we snap? Did we snap Tony Conn into shape with the rant? I know he saw it. I love TK, man. I want no, nothing but the best. Some tough love is needed here, bro. Some tough love is needed. I slap him up a little bit, you know? Where am I, man? Uh, Jimmy Belenko. With a Australia Mike $5 Super Chat. I don't know about before, but Raquel is probably smiling because Vince is gone. Hell, I'll be smiling too. Everybody's happy Vince is gone, bro. KJ with a two-month membership and a $5 Super Chat. One month. I appreciate your honesty, JD. You hold nothing back, and that's why I respect you and this podcast. Never change. This was the Matt Riddle I've been waiting for. Vince retiring is a godsend. Happened on my birthday, too. Awesome. Couldn't ask for anything better on your birthday, bro. Captain Solo at a $5 super jet. Rhea Ripley is going to do what Rami Cera couldn't make a man out of Dominic. He's a lucky man, then. Who's complaining? Jimmy Belenko with another five I'm not saying I'm unfit I'm just tired of but I just tried mud wrestling and the mud won why did you go mud wrestling Jimmy Belenko and did you do it alone Mr. Premium 4.99 Super Chat I'm just glad we got to you both Metalingus and the other side this week yes in the same segment you going to one of the shows on the new tour? Yes, I am. I already have tickets. I already have tickets, Premium. I'm going to the Long Island one. I'm going to the one in Huntington. Hologram on the $5 Super Chat. Will you talk about the Patrick Clark story on the OTS Extra? Someone has it out for that man. It's a shame this society we live in fuck cancel culture. At this point, bro, he's doing it to himself. There's only so much sorry you can feel for somebody, man. Trespassing and having drug paraphernalia on you. Those are decisions that he chose. Not cancel culture. Furious Nation with a... And yes, I will talk about it eventually. I don't know where, but uh, sometime this week. Furious Nation with a $10 SuperJet. What's up, JD? Not the best Raw tonight, but not all that bad. KO, Sammy, Usos, Riddle, Rollins for the highlights, and I'm glad Riddle and Rollins was moved to clash at the castle instead. Absolutely. Moretz with a four-month membership. Thank you, brother. Israel with 16 months. I know I haven't been able to contribute to the stream, but I've checked out... From afar I recently moved, I guess I kinda watch a so so raw. Don't worry, Israel. I know how difficult it is to move, bro. I'm just glad that you're here, man. Sixteen months is a long time. Keep up those memberships, bro. It helps out tremendously. Furious Nation with a $5 Super Chat. If Sasha and Naomi go back to WWE, where do you think they will land? And which old WWE theme would you bring back outside of Drew's and Sheamus' old songs? That's a tough question, man. Uh, Sheamus, I don't really care about Sheamus' theme. Um, Drew McIntyre, absolutely. I'd have to give that one some thought, man. Shayna Baszler needs her all theme back. Absolutely, that shit sucks. And Sasha Banks and Naomi, uh, I don't know where they're going to land, but uh, I, in, in the next month, in the next four weeks or so, I think they'll back. I, I think they'll be back on television. Jen House with a ten-month membership. Thank you, Jen. Kevin Dunn, Wood, and Barouse saturated this show. Get them out. OTS for life. The Visionary with a three-month membership. I thought you just signed up earlier, bro. Now it says three months. Do you still expect Cody to be pushed under Triple H, even though they don't like each other as much? Yes, I do. Triple H is always about what's best for business, bro. Furious Nation with a $5 Super Chat. Also, I heard about Velveteen Dream today being arrested. Guy has nobody but to put himself to blame. Such a shame. Absolutely. Daylin with a four ninety nine super chat. Daylin says, "Get him out! Get him out!" Ismael Torres with a one ninety nine super chat. No message. Ismael, why are you shy in the beer garden, bro? This is not the place to be shy. Okay. Furious Nation with a twenty dollars super chat. I'm so happy the name Edict is gone and that we have Matt Riddle back. Hopefully, Tommaso Champa is next. Change is being seen and felt, yet, some people online will still find ways to complain. It really pisses me off. Furious, let them complain, bro. They're a bunch of fucking irrelevant, unknowledgeable has-beens, geeks, virgins. Don't worry about it. Mulligrim. super chat. I think maybe Tony Khan is taking the wrong kind of bumps if you catch my drift. I'll I'll leave that to TK, bro. Thank you, Hula Grim, And Fioris Nation with a $10 super chat. Fioris, thank you for the generosity lately, brother. I appreciate you, man. Kicking ass with these super chats lately. And with Dominic Mysterio on the Judgment Day, could you see Rhea Ripley and Dominic paired similar to Eddie Guerrero on China? Back in 2000. Yes, I can. That may actually be the foundation and the influence for what we're seeing here. And I think that's great. I really do. Maybe Tony Khan tweeted because he realized that Triple H put on a bad show and that it might not be that difficult for him to have the number one show this week. I have no idea. I have no idea. But we're about to get in the Mustang, bro. I'm walking out of the venue. I'm getting in the car. We're about to hit the highway. And we're about to get some rest, man. I am fucking exhausted. I am exhausted, bro. Still got some work to do here to tidy up. Get some clips for TikTok ready. I got to upload to Blue Wire and iTunes and Spotify and all that shit. So I'm not done yet. But I appreciate you guys joining me, man. We have nearly 3,000 people tonight. Number one in the community. As always, love to see it. You guys are going to get an extra. All my channel members are going to get an extra tonight, man. I'm going to upload that as soon as I finish the thumbnail. Talk about Braun Strowman. Talk about Bronson Reed. Talk about FTR being left out of the video game. I give you guys some serious wrestling discussion. That'll be up for members. It'll be live tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Links for socials down below. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Hit that thumbs up. I know you guys got the 1,500 minimum in check. And go check out all the other content on the channel. All on the homepage right now for you if you want more content from the channel. Guys, I need two things before I get out of here. Number one, I need those guitar emojis in the chat. My Mustang emojis from my VIPs and I need that music on Max. Guys, I'm not going to be live tomorrow night with NXT. I'm skipping NXT. I'm going to be sitting down with a cold beverage, relaxing on Destiny 2 and I'm going to do my King's Fall raid and go and try and get my touch of malice. So I'm gaming tomorrow night, man. I may actually stream the Raid. I have no idea. We'll see. No NXT tomorrow night. Next time you see me live is with Jesse. Wednesday, AEW. I'll see you Wednesday night right here on OTS. I'll see you guys later.